I want to take you on a bit of a journey. First of all, just across the street to my classroom of first grade. I have 19 six-year-olds who are very, very adorable. The first picture I want to share with you this morning is a picture of my little friend. We were at recess recently, and we're just out there. I'm watching them at recess, and all of a sudden, my little friend walks up to me. And if you look in his hand, he's got the teeny tiniest little yellow flower. And he says, it's a gift. And he hands it to me. My heart was soaring at that time. And then we went inside to my class. And my little friend walks up to me and he says, Mrs. Hendren, did you know you had little bits of gray hair right there? I ignored him. (laughs) I have another little friend who comes to me often and he'll say, Mrs. Hendren, do you know how much my mommy and my daddy love me? And I say, yes, I do. And then I'd have another little friend that comes to me every day after lunch and he brings me the little teeny tiny note card that was in his lunchbox. His dad writes him notes every day. And when he finds me, he walks around after he's cleaned up his lunch, and he said, Mrs. Hendren, you're not going to believe what he said today. So one day, after getting several of those notes, I said, you know, we need to make a little bag. So I took a baggie, and I, with a Sharpie marker, I wrote notes from Dad. And I said, now, every time you get one of those notes, I said, you need to put it in the bag so you can save them. When I think about the scripture that our amazing pair children shared with us today in the beautiful prayer, after reading it over and over, what resonates in my heart is this. Place your life before God. It sounds so simple. Many of you may be wondering, why in the world is there a clothesline behind me? Well, let me tell you a story. Growing up, I all, my mom and dad, we had a clothesline. That's how we did our laundry. You would have to walk out the back door, down the steps, and into the backyard and hang up the clothes, rain or shine. I grew up seeing my mom do that over and over again through my childhood, and it was always a bad day when it rained a day or two because with five children, we always had to go to the laundromat, and I remember sitting in the laundromat with my parents. At my grandma's house, she had a different clothesline. She had a clothesline that she would walk out her back door and it was secured to her house. And she would walk out, reach for it, there it was. She didn't have to walk to the backyard. It was attached to her house. My grandmother was blind. So my grandfather attached the clothesline to the house so that when she went to hang out the clothes, she wouldn't get lost in the backyard. She wouldn't walk away from the backyard. She wouldn't be wandering around in the backyard. I remember as a child watching her hang out the clothesline over and over again. And I remember seeing what she did and how it was amazing to see my grandmother hanging out our clothes safely, securely, joyfully. Now, when I shared this story with a good friend, Lynn Sweet, I was missing something for the message today, and I couldn't quite 
figure it out. So I shared this story with him, and he's a modern-day theologian. And he said to me, well, you know, Donna, that's a beautiful story, the image of your grandmother hanging the clothes out on the clothesline. Here's the word, tethered. When he said the word tethered, I realized that's what I was missing. He said your gamma was tethered to the clothesline. Most importantly, she was tethered to Jesus as she took each step in her life without sight. I googled the word tethered, and I was quite surprised at what I found. It's not often when the Google pieces that pop up match the scripture, and in this case, it matched perfectly. Usually when there is a strong bond between two entities, they are tethered, and the strength of the bond can pull through anything. Even when the room seems dark, dusty, smelly, and the situation is downcast, the tethered bond can create a glimmer of hope and reverse the light to dark, the dusty to pristine, the smelly to aromatic, and the situation from downcast to bright. The tethered bond between two people is the most powerful bond that exists in the world, therefore making the glimmer of hope even greater. And I did want to mention today, I brought one of Gamma's clothespins. My mom had saved some. And so I have one of her clothespins with me. A time or two, Harold has seen this on my dresser, and he used it for a chip clip. <laughs> I didn't like that very much. And I made it very clear to him that that is not a chip clip. That is my grandmother's clothespin. He doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> I have to tell you that my precious little granddaughter, Marley Ray, who is three and a half years old, is very, very tethered to her parents, especially after being home with them um, for a year and a half, working from home. It's quite cute to see when you walk into their apartment in Miami, you see Mitchell's computer on the dining room table. You see Olivia's computer on the dining room table where they work. And then Marley Ray has her little play computer at the dining room table. Now, even though Marley Ray is tethered to her parents, there are times that her parents say, no, Marley Ray, you cannot have cake before dinner. No, Marley Ray, you cannot have ice cream before dinner. No, Marley Ray, you cannot have a piece of chocolate right now. But Marley Ray is such a smart little three-year-old granddaughter. When the parents say no to her and the uncles are around, you can see her little mind spinning, and you see her pop up off the couch when parents say, no, you can't have cake before dinner. And Marley hops up and walks around the house, uncles, uncles, uncles. And I have a picture of all those uncles. <laughs> and most often, those uncles fix the problem real quick. Yes, Marley Ray, you can have cake and candy and ice cream. When I take my 19 very adorable students to Carline each day after school, I realize they are tethered to their parents, their moms and their dads, or their grandparents. 
as they find their mom or dad in the car line as the cars are driving by and we're waving them on. They're so precious and they, find, they spot their mom or their dad and they say, Mommy, Daddy. Sometimes and often they do, Mommy, Daddy. They are like little lambs yearning for their mother or father. Without a doubt, my newborns are tethered to their parents. My newborns in my first grade class can teach us a thing or two about being tethered with the purest of joy. When was the last time you called out to Jesus as a child of God for your heavenly father? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Do that with me today. Raise your hands and call out to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So even God things can happen in the car line across the street at 2.30. It makes me remember when my children were very tethered to me. I do have one child who is still tethered to me. He just happens to have fur. First <laughs> Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1.21 Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are set on God. When I think about my gamma, and I, I do have a picture of my gamma, and this is a picture of her before she went blind, I realized that she was tethered to the Holy Spirit, which is the strength she relied on to take her first step into the dark world of blindness. Just as we find in 1 Peter, gamma was sprinkled with the blood of Jesus over and over again in her life. My mom and dad were at the house with my grandparents many years ago. It was about 1963. It was just before I was born when it all finally went dark for Gamma. She no longer had the ability to see anything at all. It went completely dark. My parents had made their way there to assist my grandparents in any way that they could. When it all went dark, my mom told me what happened. She told me that my gamma said to my gramps, Ernest, what are we going to do? And then my gramps said to my gamma, Rowena, what are we going to do? It was clear there might be some fear there. But what happened next was just astounding. My mom said that Gamal took one step into the dark and then she took another step into the dark. 
As the days passed, Gamal continued to take steps into the darkness. Her steps were deliberate and sure, strong and sound. Her steps in the darkness became natural and oh so very near to Jesus. Her one foot in front of the other went from baby steps to big steps, like cooking a full course dinner with dessert included, keeping her house clean and being a church leader at Trilby Baptist Church. I delight to think about those delicious meals that Gamal made for me and my cousin Biz, my sister Biz and my cousin Cheryl, as we would spend summers with my Gamma and Gramps. Oh my, oh my, those adventures you can have in the summer with a blind grandmother. I recently asked my mom, I said, Mom, I said, did you know that me and Biz and Cheryl would go out after dinner and take Gamma on a walk around the neighborhood? And my mom said, well, I think I did hear a little bit about that. But I'm sure you can imagine three small little children walking around with a blind woman in the middle of a neighborhood, and we didn't know how to get back, but we did. Her world had become dark, but it became a living banner of praise for her children, her grandchildren, her friends to witness. I know for sure it was at this time that Gamal began tethering herself Jesus, Jesus, her Savior, in the most precious and pure ways. After talking to my mom, I realized Gamal was doing just what I found when I looked up the definition of tethered. Usually when there is a strong bond between two entities, they are tethered and the strength of the bond can pull through anything. Even when the room seems dark, and the situation looks downcast. The tethered bond can create a glimmer of hope and reverse the dark to light, the dusty to pristine, the smelly to aromatic, and the situation from downcast to bright. The tethered bond between two people is the most powerful bond that exists in the world, therefore making the glimmer of hope even greater. The entities in this case were my Gamma and the Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the Son. In Gamma's darkened world, there was no time or room for the dark. There was no room for the dusty and there was no room for the smelly. Ken Geyer writes about Bartimaeus the blind man and this is what his interpretation is of Luke 18. Without hesitation, Bartimaeus answers, Lord, I want to see. I want out of the dungeon, out of the darkness. I want out of the shackles of these blind eyes. I want out of the prison. I want to be free. I want to see. I want to get off the roadside. I want to walk the streets of Jericho without running into walls. I want to look in the shops. I want to find my way to the synagogue. I want to see. 
I want to use my hands for something besides feeling my way in the dark. I want to make things. I want to fix my own meals. I want to read. I want to see. I want to look in the eyes of a friend. I want to wave at someone across the way. I want to smile at children and put their heads, pat their heads and wish them well. I want to love. I want to laugh. I want to live. I want to see. This was not the case for Gamal. She didn't keep saying over and over to Jesus, I want to see. I want to see. There was only room for devotion to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, as she put one foot in the front of the other in her new, very dark world. Madeline Engel writes, it is when things go wrong, when the good things do not happen, when our prayers seem to have been lost, that God is most present. We do not need the sheltering winds when things go smoothly. We are closest to God in the darkness, stumbling along blindly. In Lynn Sweet's book, Me and We, he quotes Macrina Weikerdeer, giving yourself up to love is melting into God. It is falling into the hands of the living God with complete abandon. This is the deep interior prayer for which we have been striving. Here we must let go of our dependency on thoughts, words, and images. We go into the beautiful darkness. We stop struggling. We let the angels carry us. Surrender is the only word we know. At this time, it would be remiss if I didn't read a poem to you that my son Cameron wrote. I've shared it before, but it seems so very appropriate today. He wrote this poem when he was struggling in a deep, dark depression. This is what he said. The angels came to me and spoke gently, as if they were speaking to a newborn. With unreal faith and everlasting hope, the angels spoke words of uplifting truth of my purpose. The angels' blinding white wings, floating with absolute ease, as they spoke with clarity, with nothing held back. My angels will never lose me. Sometimes in our lives, we tether ourselves to the wrong things. It's so easy to do. I've done it many times. It never turns out well. I know I've found myself in this position. I have a picture of Cam and Sam, and many of you know Sam. He lived with us for four years, and there's Cameron. They're both 21. I call them the twins. Sam arrived when he was just a little fella. It wasn't long before that picture was taken. He got off of a plane with his mother from Africa, and he was eaten up with scabies. Who would have ever known that that little boy would turn out to be a best friend to Cameron, to be his brother, to be my child? And one dark night, I remember it was a Friday night, Harold and I had taken Cameron to Shan's. 
It was a very scary day, a scary night, and we got home, and Sam was at home already, and I walked into the room where Sam was, and I said, Sam, we took Cameron to the hospital tonight, and Sam popped up, and he said, Auntie Donna, Cameron got too sad, and I said, yes, and I will never, ever forget the hug when, Cam, when Sam walked over to me and he hugged me and he said, Auntie Donna, and he's hugging me and hugging me and rubbing my back. It's going to be okay, Auntie Donna. It's going to be okay. At that time, I was asking Harold questions as I tethered myself to fear and I couldn't help myself. Harold, what if they don't give Cameron back to us? Harold, what if Cameron doesn't get better? Pain is fear, and fear is pain. I know Sean, our amazing music pastor here at our church, has shared openly, and he's been very transparent about his drug addiction that he suffered years ago and how one day he finally put down the needle. His words, I asked him if I could just mention that and he said, of course. He was tethering himself to drugs because of pain, just as I was tethering myself to fear because of pain. Once again, pain is fear and fear is pain. And that is all bad. Cindy Johnson, who lost her husband to COVID in November, is tethered to Jesus. But her trial of losing Anthony to COVID was not a hindrance. It has become a banner of praise to her Savior. Just recently, Harold was preaching. and He was telling us that let our test in life be a testimony that's where it turns good and it's not bad. Let your test be a testimony. Cindy and Anthony's son Isaac, who is now 16 years old, and he is struggling. He is struggling with the loss of his dad. He is hurting. At night, he gets the blanket that you all walked up to this altar and you tied a prayer knot in the blanket. And that's a picture of Isaac underneath the blanket. If you could put that back up on the screen. He is tethering himself to every prayer that you prayed. Our amazing quilting ladies take such pride and joy and humbleness in making those quilts. I know my amazing friend, Mrs. Melendez, she teaches Spanish with at my school her husband recently passed away and we put a quilt on the altar for her husband and I have a picture of that quilt many of you walked up to the altar and you tied a prayer knot on that quilt and you said a prayer for Mrs. Melendez and her husband Roberto Mrs. Melendez's husband passed away Mrs. Melendez told me Senora Melendez told me 
that after her husband passed, she was so worried that she wouldn't be able to sleep because when you teach six-year-olds, you need sleep. That's just the bottom line. And she was so worried she wouldn't be able to sleep. Can you imagine? So she said she goes and she gets the prayer blanket and she wraps herself up in the blanket. The most amazing things happened, she said. She goes to sleep. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer and the power of every little prayer knot and every prayer that is prayed at this altar. I realized that Gamma took to heart the scripture as she lived her life in darkness. She was able to worship Jesus in her daily life as she lived for him. William Barclay noted someone could say, I am going to church to worship God, but we should also be able to say, I am going to blessings and bargains to worship God. I am going to helping hands to build the house to worship God. I am going to the store to worship God. I am going to the office to worship God. I am going to the garage to worship God. I am going to the garden to worship God. True worship, which tethers us to Jesus, is the offering to God of one's body and all that one does every day with it. Real worship that tethers us to Jesus is not a ritual. Real worship is the offering of everyday life to him. When true tethering takes place in one's heart, the whole world is seen as the temple of the living God. Last week, Sean and our amazing praise team and Angie prepared a beautiful song called Sing a Hallelujah. I love this song, and there were some words that stood out to me. So I looked the song up, and I wanted to share a clip about what I found. There is quite a story before this song. The words that stand out to me, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Such powerful words. I have a picture of Jackson, and he's perfectly fine. If you can show that picture at the end of Jackson. I want you to say this with me. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Say it again. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. I know for sure Cindy sang in the middle of the storm. My beautiful friend Cindy, as she was losing her husband to COVID, she and Isaac literally went to the hospital one day and sang for seven hours. Isaac brought his guitar and they stood there and they sang and they sang everything they knew. These are the text messages that I got from Cindy during that time. Things are not good, Donna. We are believing for a miracle from the great physician. We are walking by faith and not by the negative numbers. I am walking by faith and holding on to hope. God is sustaining us and upholding us with his righteous right hand. The doctors are not giving us any hope. I do not know what, is, what God is up to right now, but whatever it is, I will trust him. I will walk forward knowing that he has Anthony and the rest of us in the palm of his hand. This is a mighty big storm, Donna. 
I'm walking by faith the best that I can. Please pray for a new set of lungs. I am not giving up hope for a miracle. We know that God is able. November 11th, Anthony transferred to his heavenly home at 10.46 p.m. Anthony received his new set of lungs along with the brand new glorified body. Thank God for the hope and assurance of heaven. Pastor Marcus Allen said this, let us testify how sweet is the sensation and how intimate is the fellowship whenever we tell the Lord that everything is for him. At that time, we come deeply into the Lord himself. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. A life visible lived out as a banner of praise. Here he has in mind a lifestyle. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. It is your living that is the act of worship. Let every act of your body in living be an act of worship. That is, let every act of your living body be a demonstration that God is your treasure. Let every act of your living body show that Christ is more precious to you than anything. So on this Sunday morning, my prayer on this day is that we would also leave no room for the dusty. Let us leave no room for the smelly. And let us leave no room for the dark. Allow Jesus, Jesus, Jesus to be the Lord of our lives in church and out of church. Let our lives be filled with the grace of Jesus Christ and let our souls and our hearts be saturated and tethered to Jesus. So on this day, I invite you, if you so wish, to come to the altar to pray and I'm gonna come pray with you. If you feel that your heart is like concrete, this is a good place to be. If you feel like you need a touch from Jesus Christ, please come. Please come and I will come pray with you. If you need to tether yourself a little bit better to Jesus Christ, please come.